As we study the truths of the gospel summarized in the Apostles' Creed, we're going from article to article, and we've come now to the article that he ascended into heaven. What does that mean? What's the Bible's teaching on that? We have a summary in the Heidelberg Catechism. If you turn in your Psalter hymnals to the, to the back, page 879, we have there an explanation of that teaching that Jesus ascended to heaven. Question and answers 46 and 47. What do you mean by saying he ascended to heaven? That Christ, while his disciples watched, was taken up from the earth into heaven and remains there on our behalf until he comes again to judge the living and the dead. But isn't Christ with us until the end of the world as he promised us when he said, remember, I am with you always to the end of the age? Christ is true man and true God. In his human nature, Christ is not now on earth. But in his divinity, majesty, grace, and spirit, he is never absent from us. Let's turn now to Ephesians 4, if you turn in your Bibles to page 1161. Ephesians 4, speaking of Christ's ascension, into heaven, both his descent to earth and his ascension into heaven, Ephesians 4. We'll read verses 1 through 10 of Ephesians 4, page 1161. Where Paul the apostle writes, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit. Just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who's over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led of hosts of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended? When we say he ascended, it must mean that he also descended descended into the lower regions, the earth, or the lower regions of the earth. He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. Verse 10 is our focus. He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. This is God's word, and may he bless us by it.
Beloved congregation of Jesus Christ, today we celebrate the birth of Christ, how he came into the world as a baby. He was wrapped in swaddling cloths, placed in a manger, humble, lowly, accessible to all, approachable, available. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, John 1. Dwelt among us. Those are rich words to dwelt among us. For 33 years, he thoroughly embedded himself in life on planet Earth, life in Israel. He walked the streets. He healed our sicknesses and diseases. He wept over our troubles. He taught with great authority and compassion. He ate and he drank with us. He prayed with us. He sat and he talked with us. He suffered with us. And after 33 years of that, suddenly he announced one day, I'm going away. I'm going back back to heaven where I came from. He ascended into heaven. Is that Christmas reversed? Is that God changing his mind, saying, I don't like it here, I'm leaving? Or is that Christmas advanced? That's the question we want to ask this afternoon about Jesus who descended, ascending. Is that Christmas reversed? Or is that Christmas advanced? We want to see three things from our text. First, his descent. He who descended. Then secondly, his ascent also ascended far above all the heavens. And then his mission, so that he might fill all things. First his descent, he who descended. Jesus Christ is the one who descended from heaven to earth. We hope to sing that in a moment. He came down to earth from heaven who is God and Lord of all, and his shelter was a stable and his cradle was a stall. He lived in heavenly glory. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and the word became flesh, descended, came to earth as a human being, Philippians says, though existing in the form of God, Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he emptied himself. He made himself nothing. And being found in the likeness of men, he took the form of a servant and he humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. He emptied himself, not of his divinity. Existing in the form of God is a present tense. He kept existing in the form of God. But he emptied himself of the glory and the privileges and the honor of heavenly glory, heavenly beauty. He didn't cling to those things. He let go of them for our sake. As Paul says, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, He made himself poor so that we who are poor through his poverty, we might become rich. 
He let go of that glory of heaven. That beauty, that majesty, that honor. And he stepped into a world of woe. Maybe you know that hymn by Henry Baraclue. Out of the ivory palaces. This is how it begins. My Lord has garments so wondrous fine. And myrrh their texture fills. Its fragrance reached to this heart of mine. With joy my being thrills. Out of the ivory palaces into a world of woe. Only his great eternal love made my Savior go. Go. And the manger was just the beginning of his descent. Just the beginning. Christmas tells us the beginning of the story. Ephesians 9 Notice it says there, Jesus descended into the lower regions, the earth. But actually in the Greek, I think we should supply the word of. Jesus descended into the lower regions of the earth. So it's not that the earth itself is the lower region, yes. But it's a reference here to Sheol, the lower regions of the earth. That there was a steady descent until he got lower and lower and lower and finally to death, the grave. And remember the full meaning of Sheol, separation of body and soul. And he, even while he was still alive, experienced hellish torment. As Psalm 88 describes, Sheol when you're still alive, going through hell when you're still alive. You've put me in the depths of the pit in the regions, dark and deep. Your wrath was heavy upon me. You overwhelmed me with all your waves. His descent. He who descended. Again, the manger is just the beginning of that story of his descent. He descended to the earth, even to its deepest pit of sorrow pain, anguish, and even the curse of hell and death on the cross when he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The womb of Mary and the manger in the little town of Bethlehem were the beginning of his descent into the depths of the earth and he went the whole way for us. But why did he descend to this earth? Why did he come down? Because his name is Jesus. Remember what that means? He will save his people from their sins. Do you remember why he came? Last Sunday night, Ezra told us from 1 John 3 verse 5, we know that the Son of Man came to take away sin and in him there is no sin. And Tim told us from 1 John 3 verse 8, the reason the Son of Man came was to destroy the works of the devil. And Sarah told us from Mark 10, verse 45, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. That's why he came. And Curtis told us from John 10, verse 10, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And Leah told us from Luke 5, verse 32, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus said in Luke 19, I've not come. Or the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. And again, Paul says in 1 Timothy 1, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. 
There's many other testimonies of why he descended. He descended to be the light, to testify to the truth, to bring division between believers and unbelievers, to fulfill the prophets, to make the blind see and the seeing blind. And it all comes down to what we read in John 3 verse 16, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's why he came. That's why he descended. And dear people of God, even though he has now ascended, all those reasons are still valid for you and for me. Take hold of it. Take hold of every one of those reasons for which he descended. They're still all valid and will be until you die or until the Lord Jesus returns. Don't throw it away. Don't pretend that you're holding onto it when you're not. Don't fake it. Grab a hold of the Lord Jesus Christ and all he came to do as a savior of sinners. Come to him and you will be saved. You will not perish. If you reject him, if you keep pretending, you will not enter everlasting life because you've rejected the son of God. You will perish. He descended. And after 33 years of living on earth as our Savior, secondly, he ascended. He who also, he who descended, also ascended far above all the heavens. Imagine the shock after being so embedded in their lives, in Israel, and in their lives as disciples. One day during the Last Supper, while he was in the upper room with his disciples, he suddenly made the shocking announcement, I'm going away. You're what? Says Peter. Where are you going? I'm going back to heaven, back to my father's house, back to the glory that I had with him before I came. I'm leaving you. To quote Jesus directly, after a little while, you'll see me no more. I'm ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. And we read in the Bible, they're very upset about this. They're very scared by this. How can you come and then go away? And even in that talk in the upper room, Jesus refers to their hearts being troubled, how they're so afraid, how he says, you have great sorrow in your hearts. And you can feel the disappointment and discouragement and even despair of the disciples of that news. If the good news is Jesus coming, I bring you good news, great joy. To you has been born this day a savior, then is his going away bad news? That's how they took it. Imagine a great helper and great supporter and great deliverer comes into your life supplies all your needs, lifts you up, strengthens you, and then leaves. John, 
John says this, the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. And later John says in 1 John 1, the word of life which we've heard, which we've seen with our own eyes, which we looked upon and which we touched with our hands. He's pulling up stakes from our midst. He's leaving our towns and villages and our planet and he's going back to heaven. And that brings us all kinds of questions. Is Christ undoing Christmas? Is God reversing Christmas? Does God regret sending Jesus to earth because of all the terrible treatment he got and saying, that's it, I'm, I'm pulling him out of there. He, he's coming back. The way you hate him and abuse him no. Is God reneging on his decision to give his son to us? What's going on here? Do we have to now change? The people walking in darkness have seen a great light, but now the light is gone. On the people living in the shadow of death, a light has shone, but it no longer shines. And darkness and death are returning, and hope is disappearing. Well, you and I both know that's completely wrong. Why? Because Jesus did not pull up stakes and leave planet Earth and return to heaven with a half-finished mission. He did all he came to do. He left nothing undone of all that the Father gave him to do. He did it all. All that is required for the rescue of sinners from their sin, their justification and reconciliation with God, and their restoration to heaven, to God. All of that he created, he accomplished in his work on earth. And near the end of his life, Jesus said to his father, John 17, verses four and five, Father, I glorified you on earth by having finished the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. Take me back. I've done it all. Take me back. He left to take his mission to a new level. He wasn't abandoning or aborting his mission at all. Only when everything that was necessary to accomplish our salvation and to merit for us a place with God in heaven in everlasting life, only when that was all done did Jesus ascend. After he finished the work of salvation, he finished the work of becoming sin for us, becoming a curse for us, destroying the hold of the devil on us, destroying death and hell for us, obtaining abundant life for us, purchasing peace with God for us through his blood, and getting the stamp of approval on all this by his resurrection, only then, only then, 
that he has sent to heaven. And what a day that was. It was 40 days after Easter, 40 days after his resurrection. He led his disciples east of Jerusalem, up the Mount of Olives, toward the village of Bethany. And he stretched his hands out over them and he put his benediction on them. And as his hands were outstretched, we read, while he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud hid him, took him out of their sight. And he went up, 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 and away. Where did he go? Well, let's think about that a moment. He went into heaven. But what does that mean? Our text says, he went far above all the heavens. Whoa. No, no, he didn't go into heaven. Well, yes, he did, but which one? Well, the one far above all the other heavens. Hebrews says, Jesus passed through the heavens. Hebrews 4, verse 14. And then Hebrews 7, 26. He was exalted above the heavens. And Hebrews 9, 24. He appeared in heaven itself. Some other dimension of heaven that we could never find. Until we die. And Hebrews again. He sat down at the right hand of the throne of the majesty on high. And so again our text. He who descended also ascended far above all the heavens. To a place where you could never reach or see with a spaceship or a satellite. He's gone past that. Now, it's still part of creation because our own flesh went there. But it's a part of creation we can't access until we're fully glorified, like our Lord Jesus. He went through the Milky Way, through billions of other galaxies, to a real place called heaven or the heaven of heavens, the headquarters of the universe where God's glory dwells, where countless of angels meet in joyful assembly, where the heavenly temple is. And just think about that. Before he left, he said, I'm going there to prepare a place for you so that I can come back and take you to be with me where I am. Christmas reversed? No way. Christmas advanced. He's taking his mission to a new level. He came down to earth to create our salvation. To create a place in heaven for us. To win a place for us with God. Forgiveness of sins and heaven. Now he went up to open the way there and to share that across the nation. Heaven came down to earth to lift earth up to heaven so that one day earth and heaven may live in sweet accord. That's the great story of Christmas. In the beginning, heaven and earth were like this. Adam and Eve walked and talked with God. God walked and talked with Adam and Eve. Sin split us apart and we came under the curse of separation from God. Christmas Day, heaven took its first step down onto the earth again for the reunification process. And he's purchased all that's needed 
to reunite us and all who believe in him, one day heaven will come back to earth and dwell with the saints. Revelation 21 and 22. What a salvation. What a savior. This requires faith. Because he who descended is no longer in a manger or on a cross. And Mary can no longer cling to him like she tried to do after he rose. She said, let go of me. I'm going up. Now we find him there in heaven. But as the catechism says, he went to heaven to appear there on our behalf. But by his divinity, grace, majesty, and Holy Spirit, he's still with us here, even though in his human nature, he's not here. He's still with us here. And he still feels our pains. It's not like he is untouched by our troubles anymore since he's so far away. You have that sometimes, right? Well, our leaders have no idea what inflation means because they never go shopping. They're totally oblivious to it. And they say, there, there, it'll be okay. The Lord Jesus is not totally oblivious because number one, he lived here, starting off in a manger, ending at a cross. He's been there. Whatever aches, pains, worries, fears, frustrations, temptations. He's been there, but even now he's in heaven, he's still here with you in his divinity, majesty, grace, and Holy Spirit. He still is touched with the feeling of your infirmities. And we must still go to him and still pray to him for all that we need every day from the forgiveness of our sins to strength to carry on bold in the faith and fight temptation and hold fast to the word of God for strength to show love to those that are hard to love. Strength to be faithful in our commitment, strength to do the work of the Lord in dark days and to be faithful witnesses, salt and light. All that we need, seek him He hears you from heaven. Well, what's his mission there? Jesus went up not to get away from us, but it says so that he might fill all things, Ephesians 4 verse 10. Wow, so that he might fill all things. Question 46, what do you mean that he ascended to heaven that Christ while his disciples watched was taken up from earth into heaven and remains there on our behalf until he comes again to judge the living and the dead? And when his disciples were so upset and had such heavy sorrow at the news he was going away, he said in John 16, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. He ascended into heaven, quoting Psalm 68 there in Ephesians 4, that he might give gifts to men. And the greatest gift of all is the Holy Spirit. And that's how he fills all things. 
Think of how he fills all things from heaven as our prophet. From heaven, he gave his Holy Spirit to the disciples to finish the writing of scripture so that we now have the whole Bible, 66 books. And from heaven, he keeps pouring out his Holy Spirit so that whenever we hear a sermon, whenever we open the Bible and read, we can understand the spirit of wisdom and illumination. To make blind eyes see and seeing eyes see even more clearly what God is saying to us. From heaven, he's serving us as our priest. On earth, he served as a priest by offering the sacrifice of himself for sin. But now in heaven, he intercedes for us on the basis of that sacrifice. Father, forgive them. Father, send your angels to protect them. Father, give extra strength to her today. She needs it. You know what she's facing. Our priest. And as our king, ruling our lives by his word and spirit, using us to advance his kingdom around the world, as we work for and witness to Jesus Christ in all of life, fill us, or he's filling all things. And so we were never meant, congregation, to stay around the manger worshiping our Savior. We worship a Savior who began in the manger. And he's gone to the cross and risen and ascended. So the born Placed in a manger, crucified, risen, and ascended Savior, the whole Savior. And the goal of Christmas is to bring us to heaven at last. Or to reunite earth and heaven at last. And that's what it means that Christ ascended to fill all things. That's the goal, to fill the earth with his glory. Isaiah 11 that the knowledge of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. How much of the sea is covered with water? Do you know the answer? Last I checked, all of it. And Jesus' goal, and he'll accomplish it, is that the knowledge of the Lord will cover the earth just as much. One day, there'll be no opposition. There'll be no ignorance of God. Everybody everywhere will know him, love him, trust him, worship him, and adore him when he comes to judge the living and the dead. And it destroys all opposition. And then it says in the Bible, God will be all in all. Jesus will make it that way by his spirit and word. That he might fill all things. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end, Isaiah 9. That's the goal of Christmas. He created salvation on earth, then went up to heaven to carry that out. To share that. To build that. To grow that. And so the ascension of Christ into heaven is a huge step forward for Christmas and for Christians. A giant leap forward in God's salvation plan. He is there on our behalf. It's a day of hope. Jesus stepped on the earth. Heaven stepped on the earth to accomplish salvation. It's a day of even greater hope. 
when he did all that he stepped on the earth to do, went back to heaven now to fill the earth with it. And we look around and the culture is dark and we bemoan the darkness. We say the world is going to hell in a handbasket and it's not true. Christmas is not a failure. The cross and the resurrection are not a failure. Jesus is not a failure. And we trust him. And we serve him and we believe his word. Don't we? And we testify to that word. And we know he's the winner. And through faith in him, we are on the winning side. close with a reminder of one of our favorite carols once in Royal David City penned by Cecil Francis Alexander in 1848 she was a Sunday school teacher in England and she thought I'm teaching the Sunday school kids and the teachers are teaching and they were going through the Apostles Creed but I want to help them learn what they're being taught by writing songs. And she she wrote a song for each one of the steps of the Apostles' Creed. And Once in Royal David City was written to explain Born of the Virgin Mary. And it really brings together so well his descent and his ascent. And our eyes at last shall see him through his own redeeming love. For that child so dear and gentle is our Lord in heaven above. And he leads his children on to the place where he has gone. Not in that poor lowly stable with the oxen standing by, we shall see him. But in heaven, set at God's right hand, or hand on high. Then like stars, his children crowned all in white, his praise will sound. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you for your great success and all that you planned, purposed, and did. Thank you, Jesus, for your completion of your task on earth and your ascent into heaven. And from there, you are filling all things with your glory. Lord, we praise you that you are a mighty God and a great Savior. Join us to yourself so that we might be part of your great salvation enterprise. And that our citizenship may be in heaven already now and we may belong already to the new heavens and the new earth. Hear our prayer in Jesus' name.